church, say amen. amen. If you're able, would you stand for the reading of the word? Great job, music ministry, great job. Luke 19, 1 through 10. And it reads thusly, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans. And somebody say, he was rich. Like this family, we just dedicated this baby. Yeah. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And could not for the press or the crowd, because he was little of stature, meaning he was short. Don't look at nobody. <laughs> and he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come on down, come down. For today I must abide at your house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be guests with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Can we say amen? And there's another little pericope, a portion of scripture that I want to nail and just drive into your hearts on today. It's Ephesians 4.19, and it comes from the NIV. Having lost all sensitivity... They have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Somebody say that with me. A continual lust for more. Amen. Next slide. The God who met my need in spite of my greed. You may be seated. The God who met my need in spite <laughs> of my greed. Before I pray, um, we've been holding on to this certificate for a moment. Uh, J. Renee Pennant. Does anyone know J. Renee Pennant? Okay. Um, if you know her, or tell them they need to, uh, their baptismal certificate is here. Okay, we've been trying to get it to them. We don't have an address for them, et cetera. So uh, the last thing I had to do was make an announcement on Sunday morning. <laughs> All right, let's pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, thank you so much, Lord God, for allowing us to see another Sunday morning, another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth and to give your name glory. We thank you, Lord, for all that has transpired in this worship celebration thus far. 
Thank you, Father, for the music ministry. Thank you, Lord, so much for the Edwards Davenport family reunion, them choosing to be here at Mount Gilead. Thank you, Father God, for the Wileys and that family tribe dedicating precious Kalani unto you. Thank you, Lord, for the ushers and the sound room ministry and all that who are here to make this service of celebration such a blessed time in you. And Father, now that it's time to preach and proclaim your word, God, we ask that you will please once again think through my mind and speak life through these lips of clay. To the end, though, God, these thy precious people who've gathered in this holy place might be encouraged, enriched, empowered, and equipped to run on and be everything, God, that you have created, purpose, and designed us to be for such a time as this. Save souls today, Lord. Restore backsliders and add to your kingdom church for your glory, honor, and praise, and for the good of your people. We thank you that the eternal seeds of your word shall fall on good, rich soil, and it shall bring forth much fruit to your glory, honor, and praise. We ask it in Jesus' name, and in advance, Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, we pray and give thanks. Let all the people who agree say, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Praise the Lord, the computer shut off. Here we go. The God who met my need in spite of my greed. Beloved, as we come to celebrate the great goodness of our God today, I would like to remind you that some time ago we spoke on the idol of greed by way of a biblical character known as Gehazi, the servant to Elijah. How many of you remember that? It wasn't too long. It was a story whereby Naaman the leper needed healing and uh, was told to go wash in the muddy Jordan. Once healed, Naaman offered to give Elijah beautiful garments along with silver and gold. Elijah refused such gifts, but his servant, Gehazi, seemed to have a hole in his heart called greed. Thus he ran behind the chariot of Naaman and lied stating that Elijah had changed his mind and he had come to receive the garments, <laughs> the silver and the gold. Well, when he returned to Wayne, Elijah asked Gehazi where he had been. He lied and, and Elijah cursed him and his family with the leprosy that had been taken from Naaman all because of his greedy heart. Yeah. Well, by way of review, people who have physical holes in their hearts have an even more difficult time in life, for their hearts are always in need of more oxygenated blood to function properly. And such holes in the heart, Minister Jones, uh, these conditions are known as septal defects. Help me out, sound room and are often discovered at birth. Let us stay there. And the first thing we learn from slide one regarding someone with a hole in their heart is that it is known as an atrioseptal defect, ASD. This means that the wall between the atria doesn't close, leading to a mixture of oxygenated and deoxygenated blood. This is a heart defect often present at birth that results in a hole in the wall dividing the left and right atria. 
The tissue wall that separates the atria of the heart is more technically called the interatrial septum. Second, a ventricular septal defect, VSD, a congenital anomaly where a hole exists in the interventricular septum can occur as well, as can an atrioventricular septal defect. This is a congenial anomaly common in children with Down syndrome <clears throat> that results in a combination of an ASD, atrial septal defect, and VSD, ventricular septal defect, along with a deformity in the mitral and tricuspid heart valves. And what we learn from this cardiophysiological issue is that a hole in the septum wall causes a backflow of deoxygenated blood from the left side of the heart to the right side, resulting in volume overload on the right side of the heart, which then causes right-sided heart enlargement, pulmonary hypertension, reversal of the initial left-to-right push into a right-to-left push, and eventually heart failure. In short, due to the hole in the heart, the right side of the heart is not receiving the right amount of oxygenated blood that it needs to function properly. Thus, it lives in a state of always needing, always desiring, always craving and wanting more and more and more oxygenated blood. Does anybody see where I'm going? Well, as you know, I am not a cardiologist by far. <laughs> you weren't supposed to say that. <laughs> Make me believe I am, okay? <laughs> and this brief lesson regarding the hole in the heart, ASD, atrial septal defect, and VSD, ventricular septal defect, is just an intro cardiological springboard to share with you regarding an internal spiritual heart condition reflected in the lives of some of God's children who have a similar spiritual condition called a hole in the heart. And just as the physical heart uh, with a hole can never get enough oxygenated blood, Dwayne, to keep it moving and functioning properly, the person with such a spiritual hole in the heart uh, seems to have an insatiable appetite and desire for more and more stuff. If you can't say amen, just say ouch. And no matter how much they receive in this life, due to that spiritual hole in their heart, they are never satisfied or content with what they have received. <clears throat> and they always want more and more and more. Beloved, as we come quickly to our text today, we find that it calls our attention once again to the most grievous and insidious idolatrous sin of the heart and spirit called greed. Now, for those of you who are new, this is lesson or, or sermon number 11 on idols of the heart. Okay, we're almost done. We got one more to do. Yeah. We find in our text an episode in the life of another greedy character by the name of Zacchaeus. With brief but telling strokes, the Gospel of Luke introduces us to Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector who was shunned by his community. 
Even today, people who work for the IRS don't advertise at their parties. <laughs> but we must understand, stay away from her, you know who she is. <laughs> but we must understand what this meant at that time and place. Deacon Brown, Israel was a conquered nation under military occupation. Their conquerors, the Romans, levied oppressive taxes on each colony as a means of transferring most of the nation's wealth and capital to Rome and its citizens. This left the colonial societies impoverished, which kept them subjugated. Yeah, the only people who lived in comfort and ease in Israel were the Romans who ruled and their local collaborators, the tax collectors. The tax system depended on officials who were charged with extracting for, the Rome, for their Roman uh, overlords the tax income from each of the regions targeted for collection. Everyone despised them, those tax collectors. Well, in light of this, the people called Zacchaeus a sinner, verse 7, which meant apostate or outcast. If you want to get a sense of how these tax collectors were uh, regarded, think of what people thought of the collaborators who, under the Nazis, oppressed their own people during World War II. Think of drug lords who get rich enslaving thousands of the weakest people of the inner city by selling crack cocaine. Yeah. Think of the modern day robber barons who buy out and then destroy companies or sell common people mortgages they cannot afford while making millions themselves, preach pastor. Now you can see the nature of tax collectors at this time. Well, why would anyone take such a job as a tax collector? What could seduce a man to betray his family and country? and live as a pariah in his own society? The answer is the idol of money, the narrow yen, more money, more money, more money. And it is right here that we began to learn a few lessons from our biblical character whose name is Zacchaeus. And his name means righteous one. Can you believe that? So here's nugget number one. Don't let the condition of your heart, the continual lust for more, stop you from seeing Jesus. Don't let the, con the condition of your heart, the continual lust for more, stop you from seeing Jesus. You see, beloved, idolatry is never satisfied. And by way of definition today, an idol, is anyone or anything that captures our hearts, minds, affections, commitment, and loyalty more than God. It's quiet up in here today. Amen. And Ephesians 4.19, Betty, tells us, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge, indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Well, that little phrase, a continual lust for more, is what drives so many people and drives so much of our American, American economy. What do you mean, Pastor? If not for that continual lust for more, we'd all just buy a car and drive it until it died. 
Hello, somebody. But we have a continual lust for more. Now, I'm not popular today. It's okay. I'm going to be a few minutes. <laughs> but it's that continual lust for more that keeps men and women, stay with me, sitting in front of slot machines, hoping to hear the jingle jangle of coins. But when the cherries pop up, and, and they are the lucky winner going to shove those coins into his or her pocket and praise God? Will he thank God for his blessings, vowing to give half of his winnings to missionaries? I don't think so. More likely, he'll head to the blackjack table and see whether he can double his winnings. Preach up in here, Pastor. He'll, he'll stay until he's lost it all because there's something in us that casinos have tapped into. A continual lust for more. All I need is just a little bit more. It's the continual lust for more that makes a person who already has more money than he knows what to do with invest in a, invest a huge chunk of it in some get-rich-quick scheme only to lose it all. Y'all got some sad faces today, perk up. It's the continual lust for more that makes a person respond to an email that says, Dear brother, I'm in Kenya and I want to give you a million dollars. I just need your bank account number and your social security number. And guess what? Smart people with real jobs click reply and type in their information. Hello, somebody. Ephesians 4.19 tells us why this is. It's the continual lust for more. And then Ephesians 4.22 tells us that this lust is not only greedy, but deceitful. It blinds us to common sense. It can drive a man who has a loving, beautiful, responsive wife to turn to prostitutes, homosexuality, bestiality, or some other sexual perversion. It's the continual lust for more. Shin enough, I need some more. He forgets how good, clean, and pure his marriage bed is and starts looking for something more. Many a woman today believes she needs to get a makeover. Yeah, or to buy sexier clothing when what she needs is for God to get a hold of her husband so that he is content with what he has rather than believing that whatever is across the street is better than what he has in his own home. Amen, carpet. The continual lust for more is what drives a man to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week trying to ride the corporate wave and be the flavor of the month, trying to land that six-figure salary while the ones nearest to him are falling apart. Woo! But the heart will never be satisfied apart from God in Christ Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, more of anything else in this life will never be enough. What we really need is more of God. But truthfully, the incentive the Romans offered tax collectors was almost irresistible. Yeah. Backed by millions, excuse me, backed by military force, the tax collector was allowed to demand much more money from his fellow Jews than he had contracted to pay the government. Today, we call this extortion. It don't cost that much. It was extremely lucrative. 
tax collectors were the wealthiest people in society and the most hated. One of the reasons Luke brought Zacchaeus to our attention was that he was not just a regular tax collector. It was not surprising that we find him in Jericho, a major custom center. As, as, a, as a head of the entire system, he would have been one of the wealthiest and the most hated members. The Bible tells us that he was a chief tax collector and he was rich. How about that? He was what we call an architelonus tax collector. Literally means the arch tax collector, the head guy of all the tax collectors. But strange as it may seem, what for others might have been a paradise was for him torment. My, 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 my. You see, the text tells us that with all of his wealth, he was still unfulfilled and unsatisfied. And the Bible says that this rich entrepreneur businessman wanted to see Jesus. What a commendable curiosity. A rich man wanted to see Jesus. Why would he want to see Jesus? He could have taken a cruise to see the seven wonders of the ancient world. He could have gone on a brief vacation to tour Rome, France, Italy. He was rich. He had all the money that he could possibly want. And yet he was not satisfied, but he wanted to see Jesus. He had a commendable curiosity, an unusual curiosity, in that a rich man wanted to see Jesus. The poor, penniless preacher from Galilee wants to be seen by a rich man. You see, beloved, unlike Gehazi, there was something deep down within Zacchaeus that despite his continual lust for more, there was a yearning and a burning in his soul. Carol, that kept pushing him to see Jesus. Thus, regardless of our entrepreneurial pursuits, it's most important to see God and to have God first in our lives. Did you get that? I said, no matter what your business ventures are, make sure you see God and keep God what? First in your lives. You see, beloved, whether we know it or not, but all of us like Zacchaeus need to see God. All of us need a vision of God. All of us need the proper perspective on life. All of us need an eternal view of life. All of us need our sights lifted from this earthly scene. But he could not, the text says, he couldn't do it. He couldn't see Jesus. Why? For the crowd. Something was in his way. He was short, Dwayne. You knew it was coming, right? Okay, Betty, he was short. <laughs> so here we are, nugget number two. Don't let the crowd stop you from seeing Jesus. My, 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 my. Look at him. <laughs> Rich, short, and can't see Jesus. <laughs> Beloved, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd. The crowd was in his way. The crowd blocked his view. The crowd stood between him and God. <laughs> the crowd is a problem for every generation. The crowd is a problem for each one of us. The crowd always stands in our way. 
The crowd is always between us and our goals and our visions. The crowd is always in the way keeping us from becoming what we could become in Christ. The crowd will hold us back, hold us down, and hold us up. I would have done this, I would have done that if it had not been for the crowd. And sometimes the crowd is church folk. Well, who is in this crowd? Who makes up the crowd, Trina? The crowd is composed of the so-called righteous, those who have no thought or desire for repentance. The crowd is made up of the scoffers, the angry cynics, the half-convinced, the showgoers, the sermon tasters, the Sunday go to meeting folk, the Pharisees. The crowd is made up of the miracle seekers. The crowd is made up of those just going along for the ride. I'm just going to see what's going to happen. The crowd is made up of those who just want to hang out, don't want to go anywhere, don't want to do anything, just want to show up for the show. The crowd is a problem for all of us. At some point, young people, you got to learn how to ditch the crowd. Amen, somebody. If you're going to go anywhere, be somebody and do something, at some point, you got to say, I'll get with you later and leave the crowd. So we're going to have to ditch the crowd if we're going to reach our goals and realize our visions in life. Some of us can't see Jesus today because the crowd is our chief concern. What are people going to say or think? Did you hear that? I have to tell people all the time, you know what, look, I am not in high school. And you obviously think I care what you think. You need to come again. Amen, somebody. I am not that guy. Trust and believe that. <laughs> you see, every now and then when you've got to get to the point, you've got to get to the point in your own personal growth where you've just got to decide that I don't care what they say about me. <laughs> You see, beloved, as long as you are concerned about what the crowd will say about you, you will always be intimidated from trying something new, breaking away from the rest of the folk, learning to sing your own song and do your own thing. You've got to decide that I don't care about the crowd. Let me tell you why. Because the crowd ain't going nowhere. If I had listened to the crowd back in high school, I wouldn't be here today. They're just going to stand around and chit-chat, talk about other folk. Yeah, they're not going to do anything productive or significant. And you've got to decide, I don't care what the crowd says. As a matter of fact, some folk are just like an old shoe. Everything is worn out by the tongue and it just flaps and flaps and flaps. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, Architolonus. He was rich and yet he could not see Jesus because of the crowd. And then secondly, because he was short in stature. Here's your nuggety last one. Did you believe that? Carol, I changed. Okay, let me back it up. I'm trying to change. <laughs> All right, John, I heard you, you told Carol, don't believe that. Don't let the condition of your stature, num nugget number three, 
Don't let the condition of your stature stop you from seeing Jesus. Don't let the condition of your stature, you might be short, but don't let it stop you from seeing Jesus. Beloved, Zacchaeus was prevented from seeing Jesus by two obstacles, the crowd and his stature. Now, once you've decided how to handle the crowd, and that is by ignoring them, you can then move on to deal with your condition. You see, Zacchaeus was earnestly trying to see Jesus, but he was prevented by obstacles over which he had no control. Now, some would say, is that fair? Well, whether it's fair or not, that's the way life is. And the good news here is that life is not always fair, but God is always good. Am I right about it? But you see, in his world and in ours, you don't become a chief entrepreneurial task-collecting businessman unless you know the how and when of stepping out of the crowd and breaking the regular routine without regard to sneers, jeers, and criticism. Just a little side note for the young folk. The crowd always wants to run the street after school. But you got homework. <laughs> you got reading to do. You got a paper to do. At some point, even in college, amen, somebody, you got to say, I'll get with you. I have work to do. Ditch the crowd. You've got to know how, the how and when of running ahead of the crowd and climbing your way up in order to achieve your goals. You see, Zacchaeus possessed certain traits of character, which are the secrets of success in every area of human endeavor. And I'll pick on myself for a moment. I was at lunch with a couple of brothers recently, and boy, they got the biggest laugh because they saw that I graduated recently, Carol, on Facebook with another degree, Master of pastoral, pastoral Counseling. Boy, they got the biggest laugh. Murphy, how many degrees you got? Ha, 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 ha. Oh, he got all the degrees that Regents has. Ha, 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 ha. He got all the masters. They ain't got no more. Murphy got them all. Ha, ha, ha. I said, you know what? Go ahead and play golf. Go ahead and do you. Laugh all you want. But one of these days when God elevates me because of those degrees, hello, somebody, we're going to see who's going to have the last laugh. Amen, somebody. If you want to be somebody, you want to go somewhere, baby, you better wake up and pay attention. Amen. Now, if I was, if I was a young man, that would have hurt my feelings. I'm too old for that. Amen, somebody. Trust me, I am too old to walk around with her feelings. No, baby, no, no. Keep on laughing, keep on laughing. What you gonna order? And so, you see, Zacchaeus possessed certain traits of character, which are the secrets of success in every area of human endeavor. I get the idea, John, that Zacchaeus, even though he was rich now, perhaps he grew up poor. 
as a poor boy because you see the majority of those who have risen to high levels in life and who have claimed, claimed to high honors have come up through the rough regions or the rough side of the mountain of toil and poverty and were not ashamed to learn how to use their head and their hands. Did you hear me? That's the problem with so many in our generation is because they've got a ladder or two behind their names. They now think it's beneath them to work with their hands. But let me tell you something. If you're going to reach your goal in this world, you've got to know how to use your head and how to use your hands. That's Kia says, I've just got to see Jesus. Sounds like the man was desperate. I don't care what they say about me. Now you got to get this. This guy's rich. This dude is somebody. He's rich. In other words, he says, I don't care about the titles that I hold. I don't care about being a dignitary. I don't care about being a man of wealth. The wealth cannot save my soul and make me whole. I've got to see Jesus. So peep this. This little short man, Zacchaeus, broke protocol, stepped out from the parade, the crowd, ran ahead of the crowd, and guess what the brother did? Climbed his way up into a sycamore tree. Can you hear some folks saying, look at that little fool up there in the tree. That rich fool done climbed the tree. I thought he was rich. I thought he was, had some dignity. I thought he was sophisticated. What is he doing up in a tree? But Zacchaeus didn't worry about the crowd. He just climbed his way up in order to reach his goal. Zacchaeus was a man of insightful intellect and clever ingenuity. He knew how to handle his condition. And let me suggest to you that in order to reach your goals in life, you've got to know how to handle your obstacles how to handle your challenges, how to handle your conditions. You see, all of us have our challenges. Am I right about it? You might be tall over here, but short on other points. You've got to know how to handle your challenges. Zacchaeus said, I know how to handle my condition. I might be short in stature, but if I can just find me a tree, I can climb up in that tree and I'll be taller than the tallest man on the ground. Beloved, you ought to find your tree today and climb on up in it. I don't know what your tree is, but everybody's got a tree. In order to overcome your condition, think hard today. Pray on it for a while and let the Lord show you your tree. It might be education. Climb the education tree. It might be start your own business. Climb the business tree. It might be polishing your knowledge, your skills, gifts, talents, and abilities. Pull them out and climb it. But when you find your tree, don't worry about the crowd. Don't worry about what they say about you. Climb on up. Climb on up. Climb on up a little higher. Go on up to where you belong. Don't let them hold you down. Don't let them hold you back. Climb on up and be all that God would have you to be in the name of Jesus. 
Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus for who he was. Why was he so eager to see him? Why couldn't he accept what the other folk had to say? After all, he was a rich man. He could have stayed in his air-conditioned office. He could have asked his administrative assistant to get him a bio report. Check out, give me some information on this Jesus man. He could have told his secretary, call up the scribe and let him fax the description of who Jesus is. But he said, no, 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 no. I don't want to hear what other folk have said. I've got to see him for myself. There's something down in my soul that won't let me sleep. I need to see Jesus. There's something down in my soul that's pushing me forward. I need to see Jesus. There's a burning and a yearning down in my soul. I've got to lay eyes on him. I've got to see the man for myself. You ought to make sure today that you see the Lord for yourself. It's all right to hear what others may say. But until you've met him for yourself, you'll never, no, never be satisfied. Your soul will always be hungry. Your spirit will always be thirsty. Make sure you see him and meet him for yourself. Zacchaeus said, I've got to see Jesus. And so he stayed up in his tree. He waited on Jesus until he showed up. I'm so glad, Mount Gilead, that if you wait on him, he will show up. <laughs> the old saint said, he may not come when you want him, but I'm a witness. He's always right on time. And when Jesus came to the place where he was, he looked up in the tree and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. You don't need that tree any longer. I'm right here. And you'll see, beloved, when Jesus comes to a place, it becomes pregnant with possibility. When Jesus shows up, anything can happen. When Jesus shows up, I tell you, new worlds are born. When Jesus shows up, miracles happen. He always changes us. When Jesus shows up, the lame walk, the dumb talk, the blind see, the dead come to life. When Jesus shows up, Jesus calls Zacchaeus, come on down. I've got to abide in your house today. And the Bible says Zacchaeus received him joyfully. And he was a changed man. Somebody in the crowd began to murmur. Look at your name and say, just like church folk. They began to murmur. Uh-huh. Did, did you see what just happened? <laughs> no, 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 no. Did you see what just happened? Yeah. All these important people out here, religious folk, Pharisees, all of us out here. And Jesus done gone home with a sinner. The biggest sinner in town as far as that's concerned. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know who he is. They say he's the son of God. I don't know about that no more. But I imagine Zacchaeus said, wait, just a minute. You don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. Help me preach, Deborah. <laughs> You know me in my past life, but I'm a new man since I met Jesus. I've 
been changed. As a matter of fact, the angels in heaven don't sign my name. Yes, I'm a tax collector. And I got rich stealing from you. But I have repented of my sin. And I promised the Lord that I will repay fourfold to anyone whom I have defrauded. You see, I was greedy, but I had no peace. But what I did was I had a continual lust for more. I was rich, but I had no peace. And I knew that I had to be more, to th there had to be more to this life than the things I could temporarily possess. I was wealthy, man, but I realized that one of these days, I was going to have to die and face in eternity the God who made me. And just the other day, I heard that Jesus, the son of the living God, was coming my way and had power and authority to forgive me of my sin, make my life whole again, and heal this greedy hole in my heart. And with this greedy hole in my heart, I've lived long enough to know that there is more to life than money. Thinking yeah. more, we're almost there. I said there is more to life than money. Some people don't believe that. So Zacchaeus helps us. He said, oh, don't get it twisted. He says, we need money to make it in this world. Holler at your neighbor and say, I know that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, but hear me good now when I tell you that money is not bad. And money itself is not evil. But it's the love of money. That is the root of all evil. When you love money, you'll do anything to get it. You'll sell your body to get it. You'll sell your children to get it. You'll sell your soul just to get it. Because of you love it. It becomes your idol. It becomes your God. It becomes your everything. And hear me good when I tell you that money is not bad. That's right. He says, uh, but here it is. Money gives you choices. Money will give you options. Money can create opportunities for you. He says, yes, I confess. We need money. And we need to learn how to be good, God-fearing businessmen business women and entrepreneurs but in my short time on this earth I've learned that having money is good but don't miss it he says but money ain't everything the more you have the less peace you get cause you scared somebody gonna take it you don't know who's your friend for real cause you got so much money are you my friend cause you really like me or you're my friend cause you know I'm rich You never thought about that, huh? When you got millions and millions of dollars, you don't know who your friends are. Am I right? Because now you question everybody. Are you hanging out with me? Because we cool? Are you hanging out with me? Hoping to get a little something, something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Zacchaeus says, listen at me. I was rich, but my life was miserable. Because I had a continual lust for more. He says, money can buy a house, but money can't buy a home. He says, money can buy education, but money can't buy brains. Money can buy sex, but it can't buy love. 
Money can buy medicine, but it can't buy health. Money can buy a bed, but it can't buy rest. Money can buy companions, but it can't buy real friends. Money can buy a church building, but it can't buy a home in heaven. No man can serve two masters. He'll either love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. He says, but in the midst of my greed, I realized that I needed salvation. In the midst of my greed, I realized that I needed my soul saved. In the midst of my greed, I realized that I needed peace of mind and joy divine. And before I take my seat, I've got one more revelation to tell you. Says Zacchaeus, you all laughed at me when you saw me running and climbing the sycamore tree. But what you didn't know is I was running for my life. And if anybody asks you, what's the matter with me? Just tell them that I'm saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized. I've got Jesus on my side and I'm running for my life. Hold on. I don't need the sycamore tree. I don't need the pine tree. I don't need the oak tree because I've got Jesus and he's the tree of life. Is there anybody here today who's glad to know that you've got Jesus and he's your tree of life? You don't need sycamore. You don't need pine. You don't need the oak tree, but you got Jesus and he's a tree of life. If that's your situation and you're glad about it, come on and give him praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. And you know, the last thing I want to say is that um, Zacchaeus took a chance. Let me ask a question. I'm really talking to the brothers, but some of the ladies probably did this too. How many of you climbed trees when you were little? Oh, Lord. How many sometimes went out on a limb? And let's tell the truth, the limb broke. <laughs> and the ground caught you. <laughs> Oh, faithful ground. <laughs> faithful ground. Am I right about it? The ground won't never miss. It will, if you fall, it'll catch you. But Zacchaeus went out on a limb so he could see Jesus. But here's the good news, Minister Gordon. Several years later, Jesus went out on a limb just to save you and me. As a matter of fact, it was two limbs. One was a vertical limb. The other was a horizontal limb. And he didn't just climb up there, but he was nailed to the limbs. And he gave his life that we might have life and come to realize that there's more to life than money. Can we say amen, somebody? Come on and give him praise up in here. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Now I think you can understand the message. The God who met my need in spite of my greed. Zacchaeus was greedy, but Jesus showed up and met him at the point of his need. If you can see that, somebody say, I see it. Amen, somebody. The doors of the church are open.